0: welcome it's just me today because the five things is taking a little spring break joey's nice enough to give us a few breaks throughout the year and we thank him for that today we thought we would bring you an episode of gray's other podcast gray matter a podcast about ideas if you haven't heard it be sure to check it out wherever you listen to this podcast on gray matter we dive deep into the minds of founders creators and inventors to discover the root of their idea and uncover what the problem was that led to the idea that led to the solution. This week, we're going to share an episode from last year where I chatted with Mikkel Cho and Stephanie Liverani about Unsplash, a user-generated image-finding tool for creatives. Recently, Unsplash was acquired by Getty, and we thought it would be great for our listeners to hear their story. Congrats, Mikkel. Congrats, Stephanie. We'll be back in your feeds next week with five more things from the world of social media. But for today, it's spring break. So enjoy this episode of Gray Matter. And remember, as always, to stay safe, stay smart, stay
1: social.
2: Yeah, we're really obsessed with Unsplash. Who knows what the future might be, but yeah, right now it's how do we just make a really great business? And it's really hard to get to this point it's not clear if you want to do that whole thing again like this is really the focus and there's a lot of things that we still really really want to do with Unsplash.
3: Honestly building Unsplash getting from you know zero to whatever million didn't feel as difficult as it was with any other company that we've built so for me that says there's something really special here and I don't think we're ever gonna build anything as big as this I think we really hit a unicorn. We really, really hit something special, and, and we all love doing it. I don't get tired of building it.
2: Every business, whether or not they realize it, is an idea business. The people at Gray have a long history of creating famously effective ideas. And so, with Gray Matter, we explore the ideas shaping our world. We ask creative minds from all corners of life how they came up with their best ideas. And that's what matters
1: for Gray Matter. On this episode of Gray Matter, we'll find out how an idea grew quickly, seemingly overnight, to meet the unmet needs of creative professionals. A free solution for people who are simply trying to make cool things. Hi, I'm John Patrol's Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray, and this week's idea is Unsplash, the internet's source of visuals. Unsplash provides high-quality images from the world's creators for the world's creators. And we'll hear from the co-founders, Mikhail Cho and Stephanie Liverani, about how they brought freely usable images to everyone. Grace head of social, Kenny Gold, spoke with Mikkel and Stephanie over a Teams call from their home in Montreal about how they've grown from 10 photos to over 1.5 million photos. Mikkel and Stephanie, who also happened to be married, were confident that a platform like this should exist, and when it didn't, they created it. Founded in 2013, Unsplash was one of the first companies to adopt the copyright-free model. In 2016, the Unsplash team released the Unsplash book, the world's first ever fully crowdsourced book. And in December of 2019, they launched Unsplash for brands, for advertisers to share branded images on their platform. This is Mikhail Cho and Stephanie Liberani.
2: What we have with Unsplash is a site where anybody can come and download images for free. So all the images on the site can be used freely for anything. And people from around the world submit these images. So it actually started with us submitting images. And then over time, uh, people started to add their own images to the site.
0: And how did you think of the idea exactly? Where, what, what was the nugget that, that kicked it all off?
2: Uh, so my major in psychology actually transitioned very well into, uh, digital design. So when I moved to Montreal for Steph, this was uh, 10 years ago. I got a job at an agency and it was in design and I was thinking through all these things and then found it really difficult to actually get good photos that you knew you could use. Uh, And so I'm like, oh, we're kind of professionals figuring this out. I wonder how this is just for somebody writing a blog post or making a presentation. And So we said, well, let's just make the thing that we wished existed. You know, we'll make sure that everything's high quality. uh, You know that you can use them and they're free and we'll put them up. Uh, and it also actually started with our own images. So we were designing the first version of a website. Uh, we had these leftovers sitting in a Dropbox, and rather than have them do nothing, we thought, you know, let's give these away. We're not using them anyway. Um, and on that first day, we just set up a Tumblr blog in three hours um, with public Dropbox links. Registered the Unsplash domain for nine ninety nine, and uh, there was thirty thousand downloads on those ten images on the first day.
3: And then I remember saying, "How are we going to get more images?" Because I didn't think anybody would really contribute anything. And uh, we don't have access to photographers, you know. Uh, And so we're like, well, worst case, we'll just hire another photographer and and shoot more images to give away. But people were starting to contribute imagery and they were pretty good. And so that's how we started creating more of this community around the product.
0: So 30,000 downloads on the first 10 images. Did you think like this was one viral thing or did you think like, wow, we nailed it? Uh, So I didn't think that I thought this was going to be useful for like 100
2: designers, first of all. So seeing 30,000 on the Google Sheets, just like registering, registering was wild. Um, And I thought I think that I did think that, wow, maybe it is bigger. And what really solidified that was because we were doing 10 images every 10 days. I went back in to our newsletter thing to see how many subscribers we had. And it had doubled in that 10 day period. So I was like okay, then maybe we definitely are onto something because these 10 images, they're good, but they're not like amazing. And they're all the same, you know? Like, so there must be something that's really speaking to people here. And uh, yeah, I think that that moment, there was those two moments. It was like, there's lots of people, way more than I originally expected. And then when people came back for the the next 10.
0: When you both look at Unsplash today and how many years has it been since you founded it? Seven. Seven. Okay. So when you look back seven years, can you both see something on the page that sort of represents the original vision where you look back at it and you're like, I had that idea seven years ago and it's still a part of the the site? Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you look at the masthead, right, like the very simple
2: copy that's there that originated from the original days of Unsplash we are like, how can we say what this is in like a sentence Mm -hmm. and get out of the way? You see so many products just like up pages telling you, you know, this is how it is, this is how it works and all these things. And we looked at it like a challenge. Like, can we say in a single sentence what this does and then let people feel and see what the site is just by playing with it?
0: So for the listeners at home, what is the idea in one sentence?
2: Free high resolution images that you can do whatever you want.
0: Love it. So let's get back into how the idea was made. Um, w- what was your biggest source of inspiration?
3: I think the biggest source was the fact that we had the problem. So, you know, we didn't really know how the, the whole photography space or the stock photography space was until we actually needed an image ourselves. And so when we started looking at all of these, you know, these sites and, and trying to understand what is this license? What is this, you know, what is the cost? Is there expiration dates on the images? We're like, wow, this is really just way too complicated. Um, And let's just, you know, try to be useful to the creative community and do something to fix it. That's kind of like how that started.
0: Are you both entrepreneurial in nature? Or was this the first time you were like, we have an idea, let's make it? Uh, We had a few ideas,
2: quite a few before this. So we had raised uh, some funding and we were like, for a year, we were trying out different ideas. And Unsplash wasn't actually supposed to be a business. Mm -hmm. It was a thing that we made to help grow um, our actual business at the time. So, yeah, we did have other things, but I wouldn't say we were always necessarily entrepreneurial. I think Steph actually was more than I. She won't talk about some of the history of eBay power selling that she had done in the past.
3: Little stuff like that. I remember being like 12 years old and (laughs) and knitting pillows and selling them to my family so they could buy them and lemonade stands and all of those things. Like I was always trying. My dad, my dad owns his own physiotherapy clinic. So we always had that sort of, I guess, thing in mind you know in the family
2: my real realization came in university when people were like okay you got to figure stuff out I went to school you know we're in Canada now but I went to school in the U.S. I had tons of like I knew there was gonna be tons of debt after I was done it got worse I graduated in 2008 Uh, and so I was like okay I I need to find out like what I'm gonna do and everything I was looking at they would you know we go these career counselors whatever they tell you you can be this and then here's your salary and I'm like, why? Why is it just like, okay, you're gonna cap me. So if I become the greatest of whatever this is, that's what I'm equal to, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I just really didn't like that feeling of, okay, this that's the cap, someone, and someone else is gonna cap you. And I think that was the moment where I'm like, we, I need to do something on my own because I don't feel that that is, is what I can potentially create for the world.
0: So it sounds like you have uh, you had a few ideas this one was more of a problem-solving mechanism. And in the end, the problem-solving mechanism turned into the idea, uh, which is pretty special. And, and where does your courage come from to actually – where did it come from originally to make this happen? Did, it, did you find it in one another? Did you find it from outside inspiration? But where does that courage come from to build something from the ground up?
3: One, I I always have this feeling that we're just going to figure something out, regardless of how difficult it is. I, You know, the fact that we get to work together, I trust him and he trusts me. And um, if, you know, we're always happy with the worst case scenario. So if this doesn't work out, that's the worst case scenario. I'm fine with it. And I'm just going to keep figuring out something else and something else. Um, so I think that's where the courage comes from. It's, it's the lack of fear of... Um, of failing because you're okay with what that, you know, what is the worst case. And then knowing that you believe in each other to just get through that and figure something out.
2: Yeah. I think once you've done a whole bunch of hard stuff together, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like coming to Canada was way harder than I thought. Like being in Quebec and French speaking, I couldn't find jobs. Couldn't do any of this. I had to work in a call center in order to stay here and, uh, like just figured out so many things to together. So when you start doing this in other avenues, you're like, okay, we can, we can do this. We figured out other things together. Um, So yeah, I would say that's a big one. And then you just sort of, that compounds over time. And we've also had a lot of help and support. Like her parents, you know, I, when I moved here, they had nobody like staying at their house overnight for sleepovers or anything. They're like a strict Italian family. (laughs) And they're like, okay, you're going to stay here. You got to sleep upstairs with her brother though, in his bed. You can't sleep with her. You can't sleep downstairs. We've got like a security system. Uh, But we're going to support you like they made food for us, like helped us start the company, slept in the I eventually got to move down to the basement, started the company there. So when you have like that level of support, your brain kind of opens up and you start to take
0: more risks. Cool. Well, you you uh, jumped the gun on my next question, which was who your biggest supporters are. But let's uh, let's twist it a bit and say, so who are the biggest critics of the idea?
3: I think Hacker News was the, biggest, <laughs> yeah. was the biggest critic of the idea. When we put it up, um, when we started on Splash and we put it up on the on the Tumblr blog, we Mikael decided to put it up on Hacker News just to see, you know, throw it up there and see what people thought of. And I think there was like 500 comments of just hate and this idea is so stupid and this and that. Um, and I think from there, that just fueled us into saying, you know, maybe you might not like it, but we find it's useful and look at the numbers, so let's keep going kind of thing. So I think those were our original, original worst critics of the product.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think, and there's always just like, how how are you going to make money or professional photographers? What is this doing to photography? And um, that's been things too. And we've we've just looked at it from such a different angle. We're trying to consider and figure out like, okay, we understand where that's coming from. But really what this is creating is it's just a new kind of platform and new platforms change distributions. They don't really kill industries. And we've seen that like with with other creative industries as well. They just change the distribution.
0: So looking back seven years, how true is the idea today to what you came up with seven years ago? Is it the idea like when you started it, were you like 10 years from now, I want it to be like this?
2: No, (laughs) I, I think, you know, when I originally was writing this idea to Steph and Luke in a little Skype chat, uh, we're like, we could create the noun project for photos, you know, that, that was sort of, we're like, okay. Um, and then now it's like, people are choosing Unsplash instead of Google, you know, like people are coming to Unsplash to find images they can use instead of Google and that to be at that level. And you, we remember some of those hacker news comments they are like, how are you ever going to compete with Flickr? How are you ever going to compete with, uh, any of the stock photo sites when they've got 60 million images? And at the time, yeah, it wasn't like so obvious to us how how that was going to happen. Um, but over time, when especially when we started focusing on it as a business, we understood, wow, there's some really unique elements to this that make us super competitive as we as we start to grow and focus on it as a business.
0: What would you say has been your biggest failure to date?
2: Probably not even not even going full on on it sooner. So because we had two companies together and uh, we were co-founders of the other company also, it's like, it took us probably two years to transition and spin on Splash Out, but we knew that there was something there. And I think having our attention on it even sooner would would have been able to accelerate things even more.
0: How badly did it set you back? Do you think you'd be somewhere different right now if that hadn't happened? I think we'd probably be a little bit further ahead, you know,
2: let's say what we're going to do six months to a year from now, we would have maybe already be doing that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's some, there's been some good byproducts actually of this not being intentionally being a company at the first place. You know, like usually if you're going to start a company, you're like, okay, we can't just do 10 photos. No one, that's not a company. And I think some of that was the key to making Unsplash work. So it's hard to say if there was maybe other things because we were a bit more, uh, methodical and deliberate because we had to be, uh, there may have been some good things that, that came out of that.
0: Did you ever think about throwing in the towel and just being like, this isn't going to work?
3: Oh, I mean, I think when you start a company, anyone that says they, they don't think about throwing in the towel at different parts of the journey is lying to you, (laughs) you know? So I think, uh, it, you have to you have to take a step back and look at where you are this year compared to last year. And the growth is always so much bigger than what you can imagine. And, you know, you have to look at everything you've accomplished. And I think when you're so in it, it's so difficult to realize that. Um, so when when it gets, to, you know, we're lucky that we have three co-founders and we have a really awesome team. But being the three of us, there's always one of us that's, you know, thinking, doubting something and the other one's on a high. And it's like, no, no, this is amazing. This is fantastic. So I think we really vibe off of each other. But I find it helpful sometimes to look, take a step back and say, you know, where were we a year ago and how we made progress? And usually the answer is yes. And so that just gives you that encouragement to keep going.
0: I love your site, by the way, just want to throw it out there. I'm a, fa- I'm a fan. And I know that a lot of the teams that we work with at Gray are, are fans. Uh, do you have an image that you love that's on the site? Is there one image that you always say, this is my favorite image on the, on the entire database? It's this image.
2: I've got my whole, uh, my whole folder.
3: Yeah, you have a whole folder. You, have, I think yours is
2: the. I have a statue. folder just called OMG. So if you ever search OMG, that's uh, my sixteen, like favorite ones. Mm. There's uh there's this one of the Statue of Liberty. So every time I come to New York, if I see the Statue of Liberty, I never take a photo because I have this photo in my head, and I'm like, I could never take a better photo than that. So I'll just keep looking at the one that that is on Unsplash. Uh, It's Luke, Luke Stackpool, but it's got this crazy like haze around it. It's just epic. It's like insane. And when we were starting Unsplash, never thought this level of quality would be on the site. So just seeing those is insane.
3: Mm -hmm. I don't have a favorite. For me, it's just really, I'm in awe. I have, you know, I keep looking at them. I have them set up as my default wallpapers and I just I just keep looking, browsing the homepage every day. And it's just, it's its incredible, the talent that's out there. And that's, just, yeah, I just keep looking at the images. I don't have a particular favorite one.
0: So this is a question for each of you individually. What was the best piece of advice you received during the journey of building on Splash? And who did you receive it from?
3: Hmm. I So I'll take this one first. So I, I probably I received this from my dad. Um, you know, he's always been a businessman, and he he said, you know, listen to your gut, listen to your instinct. You know, you're not. In, no one comes out of school knowing how to build a company. So it's really about, you know, what do you feel? What is what does your gut tell you? Follow your instincts. And the thing what's difficult is that especially today, there's so much noise, so much so much resources, so many people. You have investors surrounding you know surrounding your. Your company, and they all have opinions, and everybody has an opinion about your company. But at the end of the day, you really have to think of, this is the product that I made, and what do I want it to look like, and what do the people that are using it want it to look like, and you have to just listen to yourself. And when he said that, I kind of realized, yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of really smart people out there, and I've always, especially because this was our, you know, our first successful company that we built, you, 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 you always feel like you're not as smart as other people that have accomplished way more. But in the end, just trust yourself and listen to your instinct when you're building.
2: Yeah, there's been there's been multiple people who have kind of said the biggest advice for me. Um, but it kind of comes down to the the team you build is the company you build. And i focus focused a lot on that now. It's like, you know, the site will continue to grow. It continues to do that. But to really like move it forward, we just need to focus so much on the team and the team they're the ones who ultimately will build the product and build the company. So that's a huge like running thing through my head.
0: Did anybody close to you ever say, just give it up, go get a normal nine to five?
3: No, but we have had an investor say, this is never going to work. And investors that, you know, are even close to the company, not necessarily people that haven't invested. Um, When we started thinking through the idea of Unsplash and thinking about how to you know making it its own entity uh, we have had people around the, the company saying you know this is not going to work you can never compete so I guess close to us not from a family perspective but still close to the company
2: yeah I think maybe in the early days maybe my parents were like they didn't say it but they're like uh you know this free photo thing doesn't really sound like a business um how's that how's that pre-med degree stuff do you still got that like you still have your other things so I think they're they never said it, but I think there was some thoughts of that. Um uh, but then when they started like I remember my dad went to go relearn some programming and they had told the class that they could use Unsplash and he was just freaking out. Like the so I think there there's some moments where they started to realize, okay, there's there's something maybe bigger that they're working on up there.
0: <laughs> that was your hey mom and dad, I'm on the radio moment. Um <laughs> of- so we've talked a lot about how the idea came to life, and it seems pretty pure to the original idea. Um, if you could go back to day one, 10 photos right there on Tumblr, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? I would, I would do the exact same
2: thing. Yeah, same here.
0: Like, this is a rare...
2: Cause I've built, we've built other businesses and it's very rare to say that the only reason why I really think we were so spot on with that is because we were, we were users of the thing. Like we needed this to exist. We were like, this is, everything else is so bad. We know what exactly should exist. Uh, I think maybe more, more diverse images at the beginning. That could have been something, but in general, like. I would have got done done the same thing, like use out of the box stuff, like get this set up raw right away, um, and start going.
0: Wow, I've been I've been doing this podcast for almost a year now, and I have never heard anyone say that they wouldn't change anything. <laughs> it's just like it's pretty awesome. Um, so, this is a question for each of you: uh, Where do you see yourself in five years?
3: Ooh. I mean, building with him, yeah, this is it's really fun. Um, it's now become just a way of life. You know, we've in- integrated our families. We we have a baby together. Obviously, we're, we're married. Um, and I I just think it's it's always fun to solve challenging problems with with Mikhail and and my other co-founder as well. We all come at it in many different ways. So whether it's you know solving a unique problem with Unsplash or you know wherever the road takes us uh, i can see us doing building together for a really long time
2: yeah i actually kind of look up to these uh, linkedin profiles her dad has one he recently set one up it's like 25 years co-owner physio you know 1980 whatever to present uh and i kind of feel that way with, with like my co-founders and our team like we've just been working together almost our entire professional careers, growing together so Five more years of that, 10 more years of that, 15 more years of that.
0: That's what I can see. And how do you see the idea evolving over the next few years?
2: Yeah, there's like a big part of what Unsplash is now too is the API. So we've got all these integrations into different platforms where we power all the images. So like Medium, the blogging platform, Google Slides, we're built into all of that stuff. Uh, on the publishing side, though, we're we're just starting some of that. And so that's like really interesting. How can you actually help some of the publishers who are already using Unsplash images, like build right into that side? But then it's also there's different forms of media too, right? So we're right now we're images, but you may have seen if you watch some of the words that we use to describe Unsplash, we move from saying photos to images to visuals. And there's a reason why we're doing that uh, because really where we feel we've innovated is on the license. So we said, we're going to make things open. This is a license that you can use. It's going to be really easy and simple to understand. You could plug almost any media format into that. And so what I, that's what we think is really interesting as you scale this in the future. Visual stories are the future. And there's going to be lots of different kinds of media units. And we will be the place where if you want a useful visual, it will come from
0: Unsplash. So... I'm a huge music person. I'm a huge streaming television and movie person. And I find that some of my best ideas come out of those moments of being inspired by stuff out in the world. So uh, let's, this is a two-parter and it's for both of you. Uh, Is there a song or a podcast or a moment that you remember listening to that sort of uh, personifies that moment when Unsplash was born?
2: I listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and and even one of the things I like looking back on is how you see, you see people being successful. Like you see like a Seth Rogen, you see a Steve Corral, you see musicians. If you go way back and look at their Wikipedia pages and you look at like the timestamps of when stuff happens, you know, like they, they went to X city, they went to LA, you know, 19, 1994, they got this crappy gig, 1995, they got something else, 98. Then in 2001, they had their own show and then they blew up, you know, and, and inside of all those gaps, there's years, right? It's like three years. Like what happened in there? It was really rough. It was like super rough. And when every time that I see that, or I hear those stories, that kind of like, okay, it just takes time. It takes time to get up to this. And we only see, you know, the nice slim Steve Carell with nice hair, you know, but he had this huge arc of like 15, 20 years before all that happened. Uh, So I find those those stories to be super inspiring and like personifying the beginnings of Unsplash because it was, yeah, almost like an 11 year overnight success story. Yeah, for me, I mean, I
3: difficult because um like Mikael was saying you know there's there's a lot that happens within that journey and there's a lot of different moments where I I feel it might not you know I might not bonify on splash at the beginning of it through something through a symbol but you know there I remember when we were fundraising uh out in San Francisco and this was just a couple of years ago and it was difficult to do that and I remember you know there's a few songs a few bands like Bon Bonnie Ver, Mumford and Sons, like though that's well, this was playing on repeat where that reminds me. It brings me real back to to that time when, you know, that, that six month period when we were fundraising. And for me, um, I think that's unsplash. Unsplash is really about the journey of it. Um, and there's different moments within that journey where it was really good and really hard. And there's uh, I guess, specific musicians that I would listen to that that would help me through that that period.
0: Great. And what's inspiring you right now? Any songs? Any podcasts? What do you? What's if I opened up your Spotify right now? What would I find? A <laughs> uh, mixture of white noise.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the
3: white noise machine for the baby. Uh,
2: <laughs> and tropical house and eighties. So I'm a big fan of soft eighties.
3: <laughs> yep, that's what plays in our house every day, every morning when we're making breakfast. I'm a big fan of John Mayer these days. Um, I, I, I like how he goes about, you know, writing his his lyrics, and and it just feels very genuine. So that's what we, that's what we'll be playing in my Spotify.
2: Right yeah, now. my thing with the soft '80s is some of these these people were huge, right? And like, if you ask ask like my brother, a younger brother, right now, he won't even know who some of these people were. But if you ask like my parents, like that was the biggest. Elton John was huge, you know. Like, <laughs> Billy Joel was massive, bigger than anything. And I like that perspective, right? Like something so big and, and you hear these voices, you hear the things that they, they made. Uh, and it's sort of like, it's nice. It's a nice reflection of history and time. And then like also the music's chill, so. <laughs> How'd you guys meet?
3: Me in Mexico.
2: <laughs> uh, I went out a trip to Mexico. Steph was there with her family and I saw her and I was like, okay, I need to make a move at some point. Karaoke night. You know, there's books everywhere, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. That's this is my move. I'm gonna go next to her and ask her if I can borrow her book, and then uh, we'll do a song together. So that was the start of it, and uh, and then I went home to. I'm from Wisconsin. She's from Montreal. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come visit you. I know everybody says that, and then uh, yeah, figured out my my friends had a soccer tournament in Montreal, playing her school the next weekend. Crazy. So I had no money. My dad had to co-sign on a credit card for $1,500. That's how little money I had and little trust the bank had in me. <laughs> so then I hopped on that one-way bus to Montreal. Um, she came and picked me up and
0: I stayed. The rest is history. I love that. Uh, when your users come and visit the site, describe the feeling you want them to have in just one word.
3: Wowed? Yeah, wow. Want them to want them to think that this is more than just you know, a place, a a, a a usable place. I want them to to leave feeling wowed.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. We talk about this thing called multiple wow moments. Like in product design, usually one wow moment today is not good enough. You need like five or six and you need that to happen fast. So I find if people feel that with Unsplash, then then we're doing a good job.
1: Thanks Kenny. So what was the most surprising thing you learned from Mikhail and Stephanie?
0: Well, you know, first and foremost, I love hearing about startups where the founders identify a need and the idea so simply and coherently hits that need uh, in, a, in a meaningful way. The, the channel that they have built is unprecedented. Uh, their photos are reaching 300 million people every month. And right now, Unsplash is seeing more active contributors than Wikipedia. They've really built something
1: special, and it was born out of a very simple need. Right, that's impressive. If folks want to get involved or check out what Unsplash has to offer, how can they do that? Well, the
0: easiest thing to do is visit Unsplash.com uh, to sign up or submit your own photos. But I highly suggest checking out their Instagram for current and awesome curation of photos, I actually found my phone background that way. They've also created an active community for makers and they welcome all the perspectives they can.
1: All right, thanks, Kenny. So that does it for us. This week, we'd like to give special thanks to Amanda Davis and our old pal, Graham Nolan. If you'd like to hear how other creators, founders, and inventors thought up their ideas, subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments on Gray's Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn, or just send an email to podcasts at gray.com. And lastly, tell someone you know about the show. It really helps. We'll see you next time on Gray Matter. Thanks for listening.
2: Gray Matter is hosted by John Petroulis, produced by Joey Scarillo, Danielle Hunt, and John Dillon, mixed by Guy Rosemarin at Gramercy Park Studios. Additional support by Christina Hyde, John Jenkinson, Grace McDougal, Lydia Dizon, and Ryan Cunningham. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out
0: more at gray.com.